0: Today, I'm going to walk you through exactly how to ensure that your Amazon product is profitable. Welcome back to the JODcast. This is Seth Kniep, Kniep in at Rio, your host. It is my privilege and honor to be able to teach you how to build a profitable Amazon FBA business. This is something we've been doing for years and years now. We have multiple clients, investors, students, partners around the world, we're in over 150 countries and we continue to dive deep into Amazon FBA on the JODcast. First, profitability basics. When you launch a product on Amazon, it's critical that you understand what does it mean to be profitable? Your ultimate aim when selling a product is to turn a profit. In fact, if you don't turn a profit, there is no money you're making and you're just spinning your wheels. You're moving money instead of making money. When someone says we made 300,000 in the last two months in Amazon, the real question is, Okay, that might have been your revenue. So technically, that's not money you made. That's money you moved how much did you make after all of your expenses are paid? Now, keep in mind that profitability is always lower on your first orders and usually increases the longer you've been selling a product. Yeah, that means on your first batch, you might not even churn a profit. Now, if you're new to business, that might seem like a complete waste of time. Why would I buy 500 units from a supplier in China, go launch these? They all sell for, let's say, $40. And all my costs were right around $40. So didn't I just move money? Isn't that what you were just telling me to avoid, Seth? Indeed, it was. But that doesn't mean you wasted your time. How? Well, every single time you got a sale, that increased the ranking of your listing based on the keyword the Amazon shopper searched when they pulled up your listing. For example, if you are selling these elaborate, amazing, beautiful tea mugs and I type in black tea mug and your listing pops up and I click on it and I buy it. Now your listing, not the product, the listing, the thing holding the product is going to rank better for that keyword black tea mug. So even if you weren't profitable on that sale, because your PPC marketing costs were so high that it ate up your margins, that was still an investment into your business because the listing that holds the product, the one piece on Amazon that newbie Amazon sellers tend to forget. You got to have something to hold the product. You invested in the listing. The listing is ranking better. That means when you come around with batch two, you should be getting more sales if you're doing it correctly and the market doesn't go crazy on you. And those sales begin to become more profitable because now all of a sudden you're getting sales, not just when someone clicks on a sponsored listing, which is a result of PPC, but when they click on an organic listing, which means it doesn't say sponsored on that listing. So your profits begin to grow. So, yes, you could actually sell at a loss in your first batch and it was time well spent. Having said that, if you don't become profitable at some point, yeah, you are wasting your time. So let's talk about how to make sure you are making a profit. By the way, if you're new to this or advanced at this and you were looking for a team has been doing this for a combined 50 years, go to JOD.com slash freedom. J O D, it stands for just one dime.com slash freedom. Set up a meeting with one of our team members to talk about what help you need. Maybe we can help you. Okay. so back to how to make sure my Amazon product is profitable. You got to know your numbers. There's this very famous entrepreneur by the name of Marcus Limonis. And this Grecian entrepreneur goes in and helps businesses that are tanking and brings life to them and helps them succeed. And he's willing to dig through the crap and all the poop that goes on with a business that's just tanking. That's what I love about this guy. And he said something that I think every entrepreneur should listen to. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Does that mean I have to be a mathematician? Nope. Does that mean I need a degree in accounting? Nope. Does that mean I have to have bookkeeping skills? It'd be nice, but nope. Then what does that mean, Seth? What do you mean, know your numbers? I mean this, how much money is coming into your business and how much money is going out of your business? And what's the difference? And if that difference is a constant negative, yeah, we got a problem. So let me help you avoid that. First, you want to establish the gross profit of your potential products before you ever choose which product you want to launch. In order to accurately forecast this, you need the following numbers. Number one, how much am I going to sell this product for? Let's go back to the famous tea mug example. Let's just assume I'm selling it for 50 bucks because man, it is a really sexy tea mug. So I'm going to sell my tea mug for $50. Second, nine must calculate the total manufacturing cost per unit. Oh, by the way, that includes product customization costs. What are you talking about? Well, differentiation. You can't just sell the same tea mug that Bobby McGee is selling. Why wouldn't you see Pickleberry buy it? It's got to improve something that people are complaining about in the critical reviews on the competitor listings. Did I just roll my R? Competitor? Something's happening to me. Caleb, pray for me, man. I don't know what's going on. It must be something in the tea. (laughs) He actually opened the door to the studio to say that. And I'll do it again. Okay. You better pray for me now too. All right. So first, your sell price. Let's just say I'm selling it for 50 bucks. Second, my manufacturing cost. That means how much I am paying the manufacturer to build it as well as differentiate it. So let's just say that's $20. Third, what is my shipping cost? How much is it going to cost for me to have the product shipped from the supplier, from whatever country I'm sourcing from, let's assume it's China, to Amazon's fulfillment center? Let's just say it's a dollar a piece. Okay, so we have the manufacturing costs. We got the shipping cost. Oh, what about the FBA fulfillment cost? What is that? That's the cost you pay per unit for Amazon to fulfill the order. What does fulfill mean again? It means when Bobby McGee goes to the Amazon listing and he clicks buy now, Amazon's going to ship that tea mug to Bobby McGee's house. Well, someone's got to pay for that because you're not doing it. Otherwise, you need to set up your own fulfillment center in your house. I did it. It's not very fun, especially when you're doing it till three or four in the morning, opening more and more boxes and taping more and more boxes until you're exhausted. So you have to pay an FBA fulfillment fee. You need to know what that is before you pay a manufacturer for any product. But we're not done, guys. There's something else. What about FBA referral fees? Okay, hold on, Seth. You said there's an FBA fee. I did. That's the cost of fulfilling the product. What is an Amazon referral fee? It's the fee you pay for getting the sale on Amazon's platform instead of on Walmart or your own Shopify website or Target.com. In other words, Amazon needs to be paid for the fact you use their platform to sell this product. Just the fact that it's on Amazon already raises the chances of the customer buying it a lot because Amazon accounts for more than 50%. Of all online sales in the US, that's incredible. This guy named Mr. Bezos who did you by the way, did you guys know that he his first desk was a door? Yeah, he couldn't afford a regular desk. so he he set up a door and he put it like on some kind of platform. I think there were sawhorses. and that was his first desk, just one desk. Ha <laughs> He just sold books. and then he let other people sell books. and look at what it is today. Next time someone says they don't have the skill or the knowledge or the ability, the opportunity to be insanely successful, look at Jeff Bezos again. Now, there's a difference between what is called gross profit and net profit. It's important to understand the difference. Gross profit represents the amount of money left over after deducting what is called your COGS, cost of goods sold, which would be the cost of manufacturing and fulfilling your product. It does not account for other costs like your professional Amazon seller account or the cost of PPC advertising or the cost of electricity for the office in which you work or the cost of your cell phone that you pay a bill every month and you're using that same cell phone to contact suppliers in China and any other expenses you have. When you include those expenses as well, your leftover profit is now called your net profit. So net is always going to be less than gross. And an easy way to remember that is if you just go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, okay? Gross comes before or G comes before N. H-I-J-K-L-M-N. So my gross profit is going to be higher, it comes first, than my net profit. Another way to look at it, if I sell this tea mug for $100, because now it's really sexy, The COGS is the cost I pay to have it built and shipped. Not just from the supplier to fulfillment center, but from Amazon to the customer. That's my COGS. So let's just say that cost me $50. Okay, my gross profit is $50. But now let's assume, okay we had to run PPC marketing on it. We also have to pay for other things like my cell phone, software to find products, utility expenses for my office. When you, let's just assume that those break down to another $10 per unit. So now my net profit is $40. How? A $100 sale minus $50 COGS minus $10. All those other expenses called operating expenses. That, my friend, is your net profit. Okay. So what you need to do now is calculate something called landed Now, I'm one of those strange people who loves getting into these numbers. I know it may not always be the most fun thing, but let me tell you something. When you start understanding your numbers at a level where it's impacting how much you were paid by Amazon, you're going to enjoy it at some level. I've seen the most non-mathematical people get excited about this because my friend, you are literally running a business. And that's just kind of cool. So what is the landed cost, Seth? Landed cost represents the cost of landing a unit in the Amazon Fulfillment Center ready for Lucy Pickleberry to buy it. Now, of course, your units need to be manufactured and shipped for that to happen. So the landed cost per unit is your manufacturing cost per unit combined with your shipping cost per unit. Let me just give you a simple example. Let's just say it costs $7 to build the tea mug. And then for custom branding, packaging, things like that, it costs another dollar. Now we're at eight. And then the shipping cost to get it from the fulfillment center all the way to Amazon, including taxes and fees, because you're going through customs borders, is $2. Now our expenses are at 10. Yes, I can do math. Add those together for a total landed cost of $10. Now you have your landed cost per unit. That's it. Simple as that. Now, keep in mind, the one piece that is the most negotiable is not the shipping. It's not even the branding, the retail packaging. It is going to be the manufacturing. There's quite a bit of leeway depending on, for example, hey, supplier, instead of buying 400 units, I'm going to buy 800 units. Can you lower the cost from $7 per unit to $6.50 per unit? Now, 50 cents might not seem like a lot of money, right? But by the time you've done 20,000 units, you're looking at $10,000 profit increase. Your future self will definitely thank you. Now that you have the landed cost, how do I know my FBA fulfillment fee? Well, remember, FBA fulfillment just means Amazon's going to fulfill the order for you. And they always do that based on the size and the weight of your product. So there is a thing called the Amazon FBA calculator. Just Google it, it'll pull up for you. And if you find a product of the same kind and approximate size and weight as the product you want to sell, and you drop it in there, Amazon will tell you almost exactly what your FBA fulfillment fees will be. Now, keep in mind, if it turns out that your retail packaging is significantly larger than the product sample you're dropping into the FBA calculator, as an example, you might move into a whole another tier size and your FBA fulfillment fee could go up significantly, like more than a dollar, which is a lot when you're selling hundreds and thousands of these units. But if you just Google FBA calculator, you can learn exactly how to do that. We also teach this in depth in FBA mastery, jod.com slash freedom. Like we go step by step through all of this. The next thing you're going to do is calculate your referral fee. Remember, there's two main fees from Amazon. You got your FBA fee, you get your referral fee. There is another one I'll talk about in a second. But the referral fee is where you pay Amazon a referral fee for every time you sell on their platform. Let me put it this way. Let's just say I'm a real estate agent. I'm not, but let's just say I was. And you said, hey, Seth, Lucy Pickleberry, she wants to buy a house. Can I give you information? I'm like, sure. So I talk to her. I sell her a house. I get my three and a half percent. I pay you 500 bucks because you referred Lucy to me. You brought me business. Therefore I should pay you. It's appropriate. It's a nice thing to do. If it was Caleb, I wouldn't do it. But if it was someone else, I would. Well, the same is true for Amazon because Amazon referred the listing to you, therefore You're paying Amazon for the fact that you got the sale on their platform. On an average, usually, typically, in most situations, that referral fee is 15% of whatever price you sell your mug for. So if you're selling a tea mug and it's $100, your referral fee will be $15. Now, I remember back in the early days when I was starting to sell on Amazon, I would have friends who would complain and whine and groan about Amazon having both a referral fee and a fulfillment fee. And in all due respect, It just demonstrated a lack of understanding of how business works. I had gone through the pain and suffering of trying to build my own website, getting it up and going, trying to get sales, fulfilling my orders. And I realized that by paying Amazon to do this for me, it gave me a lot of time back in my day. And I could use that time to find more products, which means at the end of the year, I made a lot more money than if I'd done all of it myself. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it yourself. It really depends on what's your goal. If your goal is to spend 14 hours a day building a business, be my guest. But if you'd rather say, hey, I know it's going to take a lot of time up front, but once these products get going, they kind of take on a life of their own and start selling more and more. That's passive income, Seth. Yeah, exactly. I was just talking to Harks the other day on WhatsApp. He's one of our students at Just One Dime. And the guy, he bought a lot of products before the supply chain issues, which was really kind of fortuitous because he didn't realize how bad it was going to be. No one did. But because he got such a good deal, they decided to buy a whole lot. And now he's continuing to sell while a lot of his competitors are sold out. That's long-term thinking. And that's a huge blessing. Now, let me go back to the fee. So we talked about calculating your FBA fee. We talked about calculating your referral fee. Oh, and by the way, that same Amazon FBA calculator that I told you to Google a minute ago, it will also give you the referral fee. What about the storage fee? You need to know what the storage fee is. The FBA calculator will give you that storage fee. But keep in mind, in most situations, it is so insignificant. You might think I'm a fool to say this, guys, but I don't even include it when I'm calculating my profits because it's literally like two or three cents per unit. It's really low, sometimes 16 cents per unit. It's almost negligible. But one exception to that is if you're selling a very large or heavy product. Well, I shouldn't say heavy, but more about the space it takes up in the fulfillment center. Or here's the big one. If your product doesn't sell for six months, which is not good, that's where the storage fees spike significantly and you're going to start to feel like someone ripped an organ from your body. Well, Amazon, to be particular, ripped it from your body. That's where you really need to be careful. And and I actually like this. People complain about this too, but I actually think it's smart because Amazon knows something there was this zombie movie I watched with Brad Pitt. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I don't know if... World War Z? Yes, thank you. World War Z. Okay, Caleb, you still have a job. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, I hate him and I love him. Anyways, World War Z, I'll never forget Brad Pitt. He says, movement is life. The same is true of your Amazon business. Movement is life. Any moment where your products are just sitting there collecting dust, mold, doing nothing but using space. You not only have capital, money you spent just sitting there doing nothing. Your business is sucking costs every day while it's sitting there. You got to get it moving. Now, I get it. With supply chain issues today, you might have to wait a lot longer than you hoped, right? Especially if you're in the stage of trying to get the products to Amazon, the shipping, the manufacturing. I mean, we're talking about three, four times as long as it used to be. It's crazy right now. But it doesn't mean you have to stop. You just have to reset your expectation and plan accordingly and maybe reduce your daily operating expenses so that you have enough left over to be profitable once you get there. It's almost like you have to fast sort of to get to a point where you can enjoy the feast. Movement is life. If your products sit there for longer than six months, something is wrong with the product. Now, it doesn't mean you necessarily did a bad job. Maybe you did a great job and of course you couldn't predict the market was going to change or a competitor came out with something that is three times more badass than yours and they're getting at a lower cost and you don't know how that will happen. You guys, this is business. There are no promises. That's also the joy because you're taking a risk, albeit a calculated risk. Let me share one more thing with you guys before I go. Okay, we talked about gross profit, right? Your revenue minus the cost of manufacturing and shipping your product. And again, that shipping not only includes shipping from the manufacturer to Amazon, but from Amazon to the customer, AKA FBA fees. We also talked about your net profit. It would be the same thing as gross profit, except you're also including your other expenses like PPC and operating costs, such as your internet, your cell phone, anything else you need to pay to make this happen. Then we talked about, you need to know what your revenue is. I'm selling this mug. I'll keep it simple for $100. It wouldn't sell for that much, but I hope $100. That's my sales revenue. I'm going to subtract my COGS, gross profit results. I'm going to subtract my operating expenses and I have my net profit. And now I know if I'm profitable or not. So Seth, what should I be going for when it comes to profit? And how do I calculate profit margin? As a general rule of thumb, I recommend 40% profit margin, my friends. Does that mean if I do a product for 30% profit margin, I'm doing something wrong and I'm doomed and all is lost? No, not at all. I say that because some people think this way. If I say 40% profit margin and your product's at 39, they think the world is coming to an end. Look, if you're doing high volume, 20% profit margin might be okay. I'm just saying as a general rule of thumb, 40% profit margin is really safe. In other words, if I sell this mug for $100, 40 of it went to COGS. What about operating expenses? You don't use operating expenses to calculate profit margin. Well, what about net profit? I thought you said a net profit, and that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you still need to know what that is, of course. But when people talk about profit margin of a product, just like any business, they're not saying, oh, and we're subtracting electricity costs and uh, professional costs and service costs and your cost of yourself. I mean, yeah, you still need to do that for your books. But that's not what people mean when they talk about profit margin. They're just talking about the cost of manufacturing and shipping the product. Yes, even marketing costs like PPC is considered an operating expense. And that's what you use when you're calculating your net margin. So begin with your sale price. Let's just assume it's $39.95 deduct your total FBA fees per unit. Let's assume $29 and 14 cents. By the way, this is off a real life product. Now deduct your total landed cost per unit, which, by the way, is your manufacturing and shipping, right? So I got 29.14 minus 10. That leaves me with $19.14. Now determine your gross profit per unit, $19.14. How do I know my margin? Very simple. You take the profit of your product and you divide it by the revenue of your product. In other words, if the profit of this mug is... $50, I will divide it by $100. As a result, I get 0.5. All I have to do is move that decimal point over two times to the right. And that is my percentage, which is a 50% profit margin. Seth, what about sales tax? You had to ask that after my 20 minutes are up. I will tell you in the next JODcast. You guys have an awesome day.